My name is Cody. I'm an ICU travel nurse, and I've created this podcast, Care Made Critical, to tell you a story. When you and your loved ones have to come to ICU, there's a point where we, as the medical providers, we take over, and you or your family member, you're asked to wait in the waiting room. Then there's a gap of time. And in that gap of time lies life or death. I'm honored to be in this gap of time. I'm honored to have shared this gap of time with both those who've lived and those who've died. I'm honored to share the difference between what people think happens versus the reality of the situation. How thin is the line between life and death? These are their stories. In this podcast, I will not state any specific hospitals, patients, date of birth, dates, or any other personal identifiers. I will only state broad information so listeners can paint their own mental picture. Welcome to Season 2 of Care Made Critical, where I'm assigned to one of the top trauma hospitals in the South. Ranked not only one of the top violent cities in the country, but also one of the most dangerous cities to drive in, averaging more than 100 automobile accidents daily. Prepare yourself for the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. Lace up your shoes and join me as I'm walking in Memphis. Seventeen-year-old John Doe, diagnosed with GSW times one to the right flank. This is his story. Okay, so we have seventeen-year-old uh, John Doe, and he is diagnosed with uh, GSW times one to the right flank. And um, real quick, I wanted to find what uh, GSW to the right flank means. It's a pretty simple gunshot wound uh, one time to his right abdomen, pretty much, your right flank. And um, he arrived to us by ambulance. Um, and uh, so he, he was pretty critical. Uh, his injuries were uh, the gunshot to his right abdomen. Um, which was one, um, when we really identify those, we don't necessarily say um, a entrance wound or exit wound. We just pretty much just count the holes. And he had one hole in him, which lets us know that, you know, the bullet is still is still inside. So that uh, entail, that creates a lot of, um, a lot of problems. So pretty much when you get shot it's not so much always what the bullet does to you um, necessarily off the bat it's when the bullet gets inside you what it does to your other organs and in this situation uh, he was shot once on the right side that broke his ribs and when his ribs broken he um, the you know pieces of his rib punctured both of his lungs 
and that lies the bigger problem, you know. So um, on arrival, he was intubated. Um, a tube was put down his throat to help him breathe because both of his lungs were um, filling up with blood and not air. So, um, you know, we had to sedate him and uh, we put two chest tubes in. We put one chest tube on the right side and one chest tube on the left side. And what that does is pretty much gets the fluid that's in your lungs out. Uh, which, you know, we have to have that. Your fluid and air can't be in your lungs at the same time, so we have to get the fluid out. And um, for the most part, uh, after we did that, you know, he went to surgery to, uh, they opened his abdomen up to see, you know, make sure there wasn't, that the bullet didn't injure any other vital organs, which um, it, it definitely did. It injured his liver, it injured um he had a lot going on with his stomach and other than your head being shot the worst place to be shot is in your stomach uh, a lot of people say that if you really hate somebody you don't shoot them in the head you shoot them in the stomach and the reason being um, when you're shot in the head you pretty much die instantly but when you're shot in the stomach you could live for months uh, even uh, over a year and just suffer because a lot of times when you're shot in your stomach you have to have multiple surgeries and there's multiple setbacks and it's a lot of suffering it's a lot of suffering in that um, because even when we sedated him um, one of the biggest reasons that we intubate a patient a lot of times they're shot in the stomach because once we go in and we operate on the stomach we don't close the stomach back up uh, we put maybe like a, a, a mesh over it and what that is, is pretty much to keep infection down, but we never actually just close the abdomen um, because your stomach can also swell and bust right back open, which I've seen that happen a thousand times. Um, intestines come out, stomach comes out. Um, it's, it's kind of a sight to see. So, uh, yes, yeah, the worst place other than your head, instant death to get shot is in your stomach. And this guy was 17 years old. You know, um, his mom was at bedside. Um, he, it, it was just a bad situation because she said that he was uh, in a gang and, you know, he at first was a good kid and just kind of got involved into the wrong, wrong crowd. And now he's laying in the hospital bed um, with a really rough road ahead of him. Um, both his lungs are, you know, we're trying to get the fluid out. Um, and he, you know, he had... When I was there, he had the first surgery, but he had to have several more after that. And um, the issue with a lot of all the, the multiple surgeries is infection, infection, infection. The more times you open up the body and close it, open up the body and close it, um, the more prone you are to infection. And sometimes, you know, the infection goes from just a, a easy fix to sepsis and when I followed back up uh, some weeks later with this gentleman, um, he did uh, he didn't make it. Um, he became septic from after one of the surgeries, and um, his lungs they really couldn't uh, get the chest tubes out. And at 17 years old, he was shot once in the stomach, and from that um, he had weeks of suffering, and he did expire. You know, he he did die. And I remember talking to his mom. Her other two, her other two sons died from the exact same thing. They weren't shot in the same spot, but they, you know, 
At the end of the day, all three of her sons died from gun violence in the same city, in the same neighborhood, and near the same, same exact street. Hey, I just want to take a quick break to thank everyone for listening. If you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, please feel free to do so. You can uh, find Care Made Critical on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Music, and Amazon. If you've already subscribed, thank you. And hey, please continue to listen and enjoy. Nineteen-year-old John Doe, diagnosed with GSW times four to six times in the abdomen. This is his story. So we have a nineteen-year-old male. Uh, he's diagnosed with GSW times four to six times in the abdomen. And um, real quick, uh, GSW uh, simply means gunshot wound uh, four to six times in his abdomen area Um, and this gentleman he arrived by ground um, and his uh, on arrival I mean it was a a scene I won't forget Uh, blood everywhere Uh, he was definitely holding on to his stomach Uh, we were trying to hold him down so he didn't hurt himself anymore Um, it it, it was a scene to remember Um, you know, so when we look at GSW, we really don't count entrance wounds or exit wounds. Uh, we look at, we just count how many holes that there are in the patient. And with him, he had 10 holes. And, you know, we don't believe he was actually shot 10 times. We believe some were clearly entrance and exit. But, you know, for you know, just documentation, you know, documentation, we put pretty much just uh, 10 holes. We don't say shot 10 times. So, um when it came to his injuries, um, obviously, if you're shot once or if you're shot 10 times, you know, you're going to have a lot of injuries, uh, especially in the area of the stomach, simply because, you know, there's so many, there's so many vital organs there. And for him, um, it was, it was pretty significant. And so, um, you know, one of the rounds uh, punctured his liver stomach and his intestines and uh, we're not sure how many times you know the bullets hit each organ but his liver was I mean everything that the bullets touched were in pretty bad shape Um, he was bleeding out pretty quick we're putting you know as much blood in him as he was losing and uh, we pretty much when you have a situation like that I mean you stabilize and you send him to surgery you know so uh, he went to surgery, and when he came, you know, to ICU, he had a uh, wound vac on. He had, which a wound vac is used to put over the abdomen after it's been opened to um, just suck out that excess um, blood that the body doesn't need. Pretty much like waste blood, if that makes sense. Um, he had JP drains placed on his uh, left side. Um, which uh, it acts pretty much almost in the same um, reason for the wound back. It's whenever you have surgery to open up the body, there's excess air in the body, there's excess fluid in the body. And 
with that we had to get that out so you know that's why we had the JP drains placed um, ostomy that was placed as well because he could no longer uh, pass um, his bowels through his he could no longer poop pretty much and so he was pretty much pooping in the bag um, so you know he was out of surgery he was still alive yes he was intubated but the likelihood of him fully recovering was extremely low and you know uh, once again with talking to his mom and you know it's a few things that that really uh, struck out to me in the situation in a lot of the situations um, I have yet to have seen you know a father at bedside when you have a lot of these young men getting shot up like it's always a mom it's always a mom sitting there at the foot of the bed praying and crying and just hoping that her son makes it and you know I always wonder like where's the father you know is there a father in the household who is really teaching this 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 you know son how to how to be a man and how to stay away from certain crowds and how not to get involved in certain situations um because one thing I try to tell a lot of people, like, in so many different situations, whether it's, you know, gangs or gun violence or whatever, you know, when you're laying on someone's hospital bed dying, you know, where's all the people that you that, that were around you in the streets? Where are, where are all the people who, you know, that you did this for? All the, you know, it's just, at the end of the day, it's foolishness. And I hate to sound, you know, super old-fashioned and all that, but... I have seen so many young men die of gun violence and it's absolutely useless. It's pointless. It's literally a wasted life. And it's one thing to die for a real cause, you know, but to die and not just die, but suffer and over a gang that won't even visit you or come to your funeral, you know? So, um, and, and, in this situation, uh, he didn't, this guy, he didn't die that night, um, but within a month, he was dead, you know, and it's really ironic because another patient I had, um, I walked in the room, and he was shot up as well, and I looked at the foot of the bed, and it was that same mother, and her other son was shot, laying on the bed, um, and he probably wasn't going to make it through the night either. I want to take a quick break to thank all my listeners. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please feel free to do so. CareMate Critical is on all major podcasting platforms. Also, please follow me on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. You can find both by searching CareMate Critical. Thank you. Forty-three-year-old John Doe. Diagnosed with GSW times one to the abdomen. This is his story. So we have a 43-year-old uh, John Doe. Um, he's diagnosed with gunshot wound to the uh, abdomen one time. And um, he arrived to us by ambulance, ground ambulance. And um, his, uh, his injuries pretty much consisted of, uh, he had no lung problems. Um, 
He had injuries to his colon, his small bowel, and his liver. And um, it's amazing how one bullet can do so much damage. Uh, what a lot of bullets will do once it gets in the body, it kind of rattles around and it pretty much damages everything that it, that it hits. Um, and also with a bullet that a lot of people don't think about, it's a huge uh, infection risk because, you know, when you load a gun or when you're touching a gun, obviously you're not sterile, you know, and when that, that round that's been touched by probably so many people um, goes into your body, um, you know, that's just, uh, infection is definitely another huge piece of the puzzle that you have to worry about when it comes to, you know, getting better in recovery. And uh, with this gentleman, it was a story, you know, I'll never forget um, because he um, he could talk. Uh, he wasn't intubated. He uh, he didn't have any breathing issues. So um, when they went when he went for surgery, uh, they opened him up, pretty much cleaned him out, make sure that uh, there was no internal bleeding. And when they closed him up, you know, brought him back. He had JP drains just to drain excess fluid to be shot in the abdomen. He was in decent shape, you know. Um, thankfully. It didn't hit anything. Um, it did hit vital organs, but it just didn't cause that much damage to him. So, you know, in talking to him, obviously you want to know, you know, just how it happened, what happened. Um, and this gentleman's story was uh, he was driving home and he saw some suspicious characters uh, in his neighborhood walking down the street. So um, he then turned around and decide to follow these suspicious uh these suspicious characters and they were walking at first and then they got in a car and so he continued to follow them in his car and and these are his words they literally they led him to an alley uh to a dead end and then they got out the car and then they shot him and they drug him out the car and beat him up and then took his car and it kind of blew my mind because I'm being honest. My first question is, you know, if I'm in my neighborhood and I see some suspicious people, honestly, I'm going to call the police. You know, they're the ones who they're professionals they're, They know how to deal with situations. They know how to deal with violent situations. Um, I, you know, I didn't ask him, you know, why he felt uh, the need to take it upon himself to follow uh, these people and it's like okay when you follow them to what end are you just going to follow them and see where they're going um, I was just curious to see how in his mind how that was going to play out um, but you know I'm pretty sure he did not see it playing out with him getting shot beat up his car taken and him you know in the hospital so uh, that was it was a story I wouldn't forget because I, I I couldn't put the pieces together to what will make you turn around and actually continue to follow these people, whoever they are. They could be, they could have been the FBI's most wanted dangerous criminals, and here you are, kind of following them. So, you know, it's kind of beyond me on why he did what he did. But thankfully, um, with his injuries, uh, they were. Um, with the keeping the situation in mind, they were pretty um, minor, and um, thankfully, uh, for sure that night he was fine, and 
when I checked up on him, uh, I think two days later, he was uh, the JP drains were pulled out, which is a good thing. And he was on his uh, way to a full recovery. And, you know, hopefully the next time he will just call the police. You know, if, you know, if you see something suspicious happening in your neighborhood, call the police. You know, don't take it upon yourself to really follow people and, you know, let the professionals um, deal with situations like that. So hopefully, you know, moving forward, he definitely learned that lesson. So uh, in this week's meaningful moment, uh, I definitely want to touch on gun violence. And, you know, I know it's a, a definitely a hot topic in our country. It usually is always a hot topic in our country, gun control and um, accessibility to guns and all of that. And my stance on that is I do believe a responsible adult should have the right to own a gun. I do. Uh, I think a responsible adult should uh, have the right to defend himself and his family. And, um, you know, I'll never go against that. Um, but also, there has to be lines of, you know, how not to get guns into the wrong hands. Um, if you look up the violence in the city, I guarantee you, you know, 60 to 70 percent to 80 percent of the violence is caused with uh, with gun violence. You know, so, you know, if you're listening to this, what I would say, if you have friends that own guns and they're very re reckless with guns, you know, talk to them and, you know, kind of show them like, I don't care if you Google stuff. I don't care if you go to YouTube. Like a lot of people need to know the, the, the effects of guns, you know. When you have a gun in your hand, whether you're responsible or not responsible, you have a lot of power at your disposal. You have a lot of power at your disposal. And, you know, it's a gun is literally treated like a toy now. Anybody can get it, anybody can sell it, anybody can play with it. There's no sense of accountability of I have power in my hand. I need to wield it responsibly. You know, so, you know, the only thing I can say is word of mouth, talk to people, try to educate people. I think the biggest thing um, is education, educating people on the power you have in your hand. You you can end someone's life. You can cripple someone for life. You know, in so many cases uh, when, you know, with, with gun violence and dealing with patients who've been shot, they've been shot multiple times throughout their life. You know, they're used to being around or either shooting or being around someone who is mess, it's chaos, you know, we have to, you know, educate, we have to be more accountable when it comes to um, having firearms and, you know, until, until we become that as a society, as a city, as a country, you know, it's senseless deaths. It's so many people who are dying who, if we just educated more, had more self-restraint, if we behaved better, so many people would still be on this planet. They're not dying from heart attacks or, you know, car, car, you know, motor vehicle accidents or just, they're, not, they're dying, it's controlled death. You can control not pulling the trigger. You can control, you know, your, your anger, you know, so, uh, like I said, it's 
it's something that we have to be mindful of. And like I said, if you know people, and most people know people with guns, educate them on the importance of, hey, you need to know how powerful that weapon is in your hand and how it could devastate someone else. I would like to thank everybody for um, listening to this week's um, episode. Um, my motivation behind even starting Care Made Critical was really to tell a story of a lot of men and women who may never be able to tell that same story themselves. Um, please, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. You can follow me on both at uh, Care Made Critical. You can just search Care Made Critical, and I'm on both um, Facebook and Instagram. Please send me a direct message, and I will definitely get back with you. Uh, Once again, thank you, and I'll talk to you next week.